Welcome to Webcology. Webcology is the show that takes you into the deepest and darkest ends of the ecosystem on the internet. Our guides will take you on a journey into web marketing and bring you the experts and the information so that you can further explore the web marketing world. Now, here are the hosts of Webcology, Jim Hedger and Dave Davies. This is Webcology here on Cranberry.fm. And hey, uh, along with several other former Webmaster Radio shows, did you, did you see the shout-out that uh, Search Engine Journal gave us the other day? I did. I did. And, yeah, what a what an honor to be included in that list. And it uh, turns out we make good radio. Who would have yeah. thought it? Well, there was uh, Webcology, uh, uh, Tim Ash's, uh, oh, my goodness, I had this all written down a second ago. Tim Ash's show, conversion, something or another. <laughs> Come on, Brasco, jump in. <laughs> yeah, save us. Landing uh, page optimization. Landing page optimization, LPO. Thank you, Brasco. And, uh, you know, the, 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 the flagship show from uh, formerly from Webmaster Radio, SEO 101, all named on the uh, list of business podcasts. You've got to listen to it by Search Engine Journal. So, folks at the Journal, thank you so much. That's the most kind of you. I think we are one of those podcasts you just got to listen to. Not that I ever have. <laughs> um, but, you know, we, we try to cover we try to cover a panoply in the webmaster world or the world of business for uh, people who do business on the web. And uh, a neat story came up in the Washington Post today. You know, did it? Do you do you or have you ever used Apple products like a, uh, an iPhone that would have Siri on it? No, no, I got out of Apple phones before before Siri. But tell us about it. But you know of whom I speak. I certainly do. Okay, well, as it turns out, the uh, Siri device wasn't supposed to be what it turned out to be. Siri was supposed to be a much more helpful digital assistant than uh, she turned out to be, but the creators of Siri uh, feel that, you know, Apple really rushed Siri to production to get it out on the on, on as many phones as possible, and that it could have been way better. Well, according to an article in today's Washington Post, Siri's creators say they've made something better that'll take care of everything for you, and digital marketers, you got to be aware of this stuff. And my mistake, actually, I'm sorry, this was in yesterday's uh, Washington Post in a section they call The Switch. Series creators say they've made something better that will take care of everything for you. Now, the reason I say that digital marketers have to be aware of this is Siri was uh, supposed to sort of bridge a digital gap where, you know, uh, you do some. It was Siri was supposed to facilitate conversational search. She didn't entirely, but four years in the making is a new sort of like replacement for Siri called Viv. V I V. You know, Dave, how I often talk about conversational search, where I, where I make you know make the joke about. Uh, Will it, will it get a pizza for me? Will it help me get a pizza in Toronto? Mm-hmm. Well, I didn't know, but as it turns out, um, Silicon Valley developers use the complexity of pizza 
as a way of testing conversation search apps. And uh, Viv was noted to be ready for production when she was able to order a four unique separate pizzas, just, you know, conversationally. Now, why does this matter to search marketers? Because right now we're uh, working for, you know, to, to make websites available to Google, to Bing, to uh, uh, Facebook. We're working to bring information in a um, environment that we have a lot more control over through use of video or audio or, or text, right? Mm-hmm. That's going to change. Well, we'll still have control over what we offer, but the environments we offer it in are rapidly, rapidly changing, especially with the advent of artificial intelligence-supported uh, uh, applications like personal assistance. I want a pizza. Now, I'm in Toronto. You're in Victoria. If I say over this conversation I want a pizza, where do I want it? In Victoria or in Toronto? My personal assistant would, you know, would know this. If we were having this conversation and speaking, say, to Cortana, which is uh, micro, uh, Windows 10's personal assistant, to Siri or to uh, whatever the heck Google's calling theirs, it might okay, know. Google. It might it mightn't be able to 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 make that determination. Uh, apparently, Viv, uh, being you know, you know my personal assistant, my AI, um, will know a heck of a lot more. Anyway, the point being, the world we're working in is changing, and I think this is one of the first, um, what's the right word? Word uh, indicators of mm-hmm. where it's going on the mass market level very, very soon. You know, this brings up two really interesting things to me. Uh, One we talked about last week, um, and that was Google on the desktop asking, you know, if I said, you know, whatever, order me a pizza at my home. If it doesn't know, because I'm not logged in, actually going, well, where's your home, right? Like basically asking that, which we we talked about a little bit. So clearly Google's, you know, working on this as well. Um, But one of them, and I believe it was that state of search, um, Dwayne Forrester was talking about something very, very similar to this that he was looking for um, and basically gave the example, and, and it looks like we might be able to do this digitally. He was, I think, referring more a, a hybrid-type scenario uh, or was referring to a hybrid scenario where you would tell your phone to do something and it would then source a human being to do it for you, sort of like, a, I don't know, you it's remember Cha-Cha, right? Like where it's like, okay, and then a human will figure this out for you. Um, but he gave a great example going, you know, he's getting on a, on a plane. He realized that he forgot his phone's charge cable. He knows the max he's willing to pay. Basically, what he was dreaming of at the time in, in, in his speech um, was the opportunity to, as he's getting on the plane going, oh, no, and just tell his phone, you know, Siri, give me a cable to, this, to the hotel I'm going to be at, right? Like, you wouldn't even have to necessarily list your hotel. I want it there. I'm willing to pay 15 bucks, right? And, like, in those closing moments before the plane doors close, and, <laughs> well, now you can kind of leave them on, right? But, you know, before, you know, in, in those last moments, and then knowing that when you get to your hotel, there's going to be a cable waiting for you at the check-in, right? So he was sort of talking about that kind of world um, last year at State of Search, um, and it looks like um, the folks over at Apple are, are trying to bring it to us all digitally, which is great. And I, I can certainly see, I'm sure you can too, why pizza is a great example, because it needs your location, it needs to understand 
different entities and then the different entities on those entities, right? Like exactly. it's, a, it's a highly complicated thing to actually do algorithmically. Um, I think it was a great call and it, there's, it's, they're also picking probably one of the most common, Hey, we're coming home from the bar <laughs> staggering down the street and then just tell your phone. Of course, that might be one of those cases. And we, we've read an article about that earlier in the week where um, they have problems and almost try and translate uh, you know, automatically go over to translate. So I can imagine some, you know, drunk guy wandering home from the bar <laughs> trying to order pizza into Siri and Siri going, you must be speaking Greek right now or speaking, you know, whatever. Uh, <laughs> like, because it can't possibly be English that you're mumbling into me right now. Think of the ways that we do things now. If you want to order a pizza, chances are you're going to, you have a, uh, you're going to go to the website of the pizza company, or you're going to use an app provided by one of the larger pizza companies that can afford to have apps developed. Yeah. Think of all the apps you got on your phone. I mean, you got a hundred, a hundred different apps for a hundred different things. And, you know, in the words of John Batil, um, apps are like little siloed chiclets, none of which speak to each other. They live inside walled gardens of Ravel app, store, of Ravel app stores like uh, Apple and Google. But they don't work in concert with each other. They each have their own function. A uh, personal digital assistant, a uh, artificial intelligent assistant, can stand on its own. Um, it isn't a siloed app. And so that realm of development is likely to be changing. And when we say the near future, I'm talking like six months down the road from now. It's exciting. I, I think to me, this is an exciting time. It's it's an exciting time to be a marketer um, because really, what we're looking at, and, and you know, we've got stories talking about uh, you know rich snippets, you know, coming up mm -hmm. a, a little bit later here. Um, but the importance of actually making sure your data is is very very clear. Maybe not quite as clear as some airline companies, which we'll also be talking about <laughs> uh, a little later in the show. But getting that data out there so that um, you know whatever it, it may be, Viv, Siri you know, Google's, you know, whatever, um, can actually understand that you are a location that can take an order, making the entire e-commerce system something that can be dealt with, um, you know, through, you know, in, in an automated way. Um, and then connected, of course, and I think this is what Apple's really targeting for, connected to your phone as a payment system, which, of course, that, that would <laughs> be a big win for them as well, uh, moving you over to there, because that would make the entire payment process virtually seamless to the point where you could just answer and not have to, okay, where's my, you know, credit card and start, you know, calling in numbers and who wants to shout that out loud. Um, so it's, it's going to be really, really interesting. I, I think it's an exciting world, although we're going to see, and there's a, a really interesting article, which we're talking about a little later in the show as well, um, on why would these companies, Facebook, Google, whatnot, become banks. Um, and the one that's least trusted, interestingly enough, is Apple. But we'll talk about that a little later. <laughs> One thing I wouldn't mind jumping to, and you you you, you mentioned it. The uh, and I, I, this is an interesting story. Google has moved to remove rich snippets from certain travel sites. What's that all about? Yeah, well, what they found it's it's some of the the major players, and you know I don't I don't blame them or their SEOs for what they were doing. The the principle of having pricing on a page, however, as far as Google's concerned and, and in rich snippets, is to have a page and for it to have a price, right? Like each page represents a price. You would have multiple pages for, for multiple things. Basically, what these travel sites were doing was just dumping in tons and tons of different price points into their snippets. 
so that what Google was displaying may not necessarily be the truth. Um, and that was that was the problem they were hitting. I don't blame the SEOs really for. I mean, obviously they were kind of. I sort of do because they were kind of bending the truth. But you know, things I can imagine many real world examples, flights included. Um, you know, t-shirts, different sizes, maybe different. You know, or different colors might be different prices, whatnot. Where yeah, I can, I can actually see having multiple prices on the same page. But anyway, not in this application, says Google. <laughs> so. Um, and so, yeah, they've, they've been uh, hit. That came out from uh, Mueller yesterday, um, I believe it was, had uh, had talked about that in one of the Hangouts. And, yeah, they're kind of spanking them. And it's not going to be like a, a hardcore spanking. You know that. They're not going to really – we're not talking like a penalty here, like they're not going to show up in, in search or whatnot. Um, but they their snippets are being taken away, and now they need to bring it into line with, with the way Google's intending for this data to be fed to them. Okay, because you know there's a, a lot of uh, conspiracy-minded folks out there who say, well, Google offers travel information. Is this <laughs> Google trying to, um, you know, put its results or make its results more valuable to users than the results from the actual travel agencies or travel sites? <laughs> oh, they wouldn't do that. No. Um, <laughs> you know what, I'm, I, I'm, I'm up for a good conspiracy as, as much as an ex-person, and they're a company, so I, I get they have you know, obligations along that line. I don't think this is um, one of those cases. To me, this is more indicative of a, if you have multiple prices in there and Google's picking one, for example, um, there's a very, very good chance that the one that they're picking isn't going to be the one that you would actually encounter on the site. And not just with the ebb and flow, like as we've all seen, anybody's booked through Expedia. Heck, by the time I've started and gotten to the checkout, it's changed three bucks. Right? <laughs> like, something's happened in that, like, Two minutes, some of these tickets have booked up or whatnot, but we're not talking about that. We're talking about, you know, they're actually feeding in multiple different price points at the same time. You know, which one are you going to show, whatnot, and, and what okay. the user actually well, going to encounter? That actually fits with, uh, with, with Google's behavior over the last month. Um, interesting piece, and we're going to be talking about uh, this piece a little bit later and, and parts of this piece a little later. Uh, Barry Schwartz, who's going to be on this show next week, in uh, Search Engine Roundtable today, published the May 2016 Google Webmaster Report, and check this out, Dave. In April, he said, "This is this is what Google did in April 2016." Okay, okay. Google penalties. Here's a, here's a list of stuff Google did to 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 try to bring others in line with uh, their search standards. Google slaps mass ma- mass manual actions for outbound links over free product reviews. Google penalizes flight industry websites by removing rich snippets. Google takes action against publishers who do clickjacking. Google warns, we will penalize you for sneaky mobile redirects. <laughs> Google now sending web- webmaster deceptive site slash social engineering detected warnings. Google manually penalizes 500 sites per hour from a Google web spam report. That's kind of neat, eh? 500 yeah. sites per hour. Um, somebody, somebody do the reverse engineering math on that, and you can figure out how many people are working, um, you know, in, in in Google looking for uh, penal penalizable sites. Um, okay, there's speculation out there that Google's results are about to change radically. Uh, we look like we're no, we're moving to a penguin update. Hey, just wave your hand if you can hear anything. <laughs> Okay, we know we're heading towards a Penguin update. 
Um, and we know that there's a lot of volatility in Google search results. Friends, we're having minor technical difficulties. I don't think Dave can hear me on the other end right now. We're going to take a break here on Webcology, try to uh, reconnect this call, and we're going to get back to you. Uh, we're going to come back after a few moments. So, friends, you're listening to Webcology on cranberry.fm. On behalf of Dave Davies from Beanstalk Internet Marketing, this is Jim Hedger from Digital Ways Media. Stick around. A lot more coming up after these messages. Sit tight and don't move. Webcology. We'll be back after this short break. Reinventing keyword research, simplifying campaign optimization, redefining competitive analysis. SpyFu brings you an entirely new way to find the most profitable keywords for your SEO and PPC campaigns. New tools, new data, and a brand new look. We've streamlined SpyFu so that you can optimize your search engine marketing more efficiently, more accurately, and more intuitively. Visit SpyFu.com, that's S-P-Y-F-U.com, and start downloading your competitors' keywords now. Try it free. Looking for a white-label SEO and social platform for your clients? Think eBrands. Free and unlimited SEO audit reports. eBrands. Premium Facebook apps and welcome page creators. eBrands. Twitter management app, analytics, and mobile site generators. eBrands. Let eBrands manage your search and social media campaigns and give you and your clients access to their white-label dashboard, which have great reports that will wow your clients and deliver great ROI and results. Try eBrands for 30 days. Go to eBrandsWithAZ.com or call 1-866-625-5717. That's eBrandsWithAZ for eBrands. Great websites today need expert web design and development and need to be e-commerce ready and mobile friendly. But building a marketable and profitable website can be an uphill climb. Ready to make your new website or replace your existing website? Think Orange as the new way to get in the black. Orange Hill Development works with Fortune 500 companies and offer the same top quality development service at a fraction of what other providers charge. Brands like Absolute, Carlsberg, and Nestle trust Orange Hill Development. Find out why you should trust your website with Orange Hill. Contact Orange Hill for a consultation today at orangehilldevelopment.com. Hey, this is Danny Sullivan to talk to you about Bruce Clay Incorporated. They've made Inc. Magazine's list of growing private businesses and have exhibited and sponsored at my conferences since the very beginning. You've seen their search engine relationship chart or you've read their SEO code of ethics, so you know their SEO experts. But did you know they can help you with PBC, web analytics, web design, marketing strategy, promotion, and branding? Yep, get everything you need for success in the online marketplace. You can check it out from the professionals at Bruce Clay Incorporated. For over 10 years with offices worldwide, they've got the answers you need. Check them out today at Hi, I'm Montel Williams. Most of you know me as a talk show host, but I'm also an author, actor, single father of four, avid snowboarder, and I'm also a medical marijuana patient. Living with multiple sclerosis, I'm in pain every day. Medical marijuana is my last resort, and it helps me when all other drugs have failed. If you'd like more information about medical marijuana, you can contact the Marijuana Policy Project at mpp.org or call one 877 Join MPP. Whether you are an online business or domain name investor, you need access to the best names. With over 270 million domains already registered, finding the right names at the best price requires a great wingman. Namejet.com puts you in the pilot seat by giving you fast and unparalleled access to some of the best premium and expired domain names on earth. 
As the number one domain name auction platform, Namejet.com is the best place to find domains for your business or investments. So light the afterburners to the domain name aftermarket and fly over to Namejet.com at mock speed to get great domains today. Namejet.com. Hey, this is Danny Sullivan to talk to you about Bruce Clay Incorporated. They've made Inc. Magazine's list of growing private businesses and have exhibited and sponsored at my conferences since the very beginning. You've seen their search engine relationship chart or you've read their SEO code of ethics, so you know their SEO experts. But did you know they can help you with PBC, web analytics, web design, marketing strategy, promotion, and branding? Yep, get everything you need for success in the online marketplace. You can check it out from the professionals at Bruce Clay Incorporated. For over 10 years with offices worldwide, they've got the answers you need. Check them out today at BruceClay.com. Conversion Conference, the can't-miss CRO event of 2016. Join over 750 people from dozens of countries gathering in Las Vegas, May 18th and 19th, for the biggest industry-wide conversion event ever. Four parallel tracks of top content will allow you to personalize the exact topics that you want to focus on. Interact with expert speakers at informal networking events and birds of a feather lunch table topics. Meet dozens of leading CRO companies face-to-face in the expo hall. Get hands-on with pre-conference workshops and master classes. Join us for fun activities such as zip lining and Tim Ash's after party in the presidential suite. Oh yeah, did we mention that it's in Vegas, baby? May 18th and 19th, conversion conference last year sold out fast and it's expected to sell out again. So don't miss it. Go to conversionconference.com for details right now. Are you paying too much for your paid advertising or have you quit altogether because it seemed like a huge waste of money? Studies show that companies waste 25% of their PPC spend on average. The web marketing experts at WMETraining.com can show you how to make your AdWords account a lean, mean, converting machine. Whether you're just starting out or want to take your skills to the next level, we have a class for you. Contact the web marketing experts at WMETraining.com. Looking for a better way to get more traffic and interaction to your Facebook page? Imagine Facebook interactivity on your page like you've never seen. Introducing your new Facebook marketing fix, So Social, the new and revolutionary way to easily manage and automate your Facebook contest and sweepstakes. Create a fun, easy-to-win contest by writing a simple Facebook post. Watch your post go more viral and generate loads of interaction. Track your traffic and generate email lists with ease. So Social is mobile-friendly and complies with Facebook terms of service. Let So Social give your Facebook page some flash today. Zoom over to zosocial.com. Conversion Conference, the can't-miss CRO event of 2016. Join over 750 people from dozens of countries gathering in Las Vegas, May 18th and 19th, for the biggest industry-wide conversion event ever. Four parallel tracks of top content will allow you to personalize the exact topics that you want to focus on. Interact with expert speakers at informal networking events and birds of a feather lunch table topics. Meet dozens of leading CRO companies face-to-face in the expo hall. Get hands-on with pre-conference workshops and master classes. Join us for fun activities such as zip lining 
and Tim Ash's after party in the presidential suite. Oh yeah, did we mention that it's in Vegas, baby? May 18th and 19th, Conversion Conference last year sold out fast, and it's expected to sell out again. So don't miss it. Go to conversionconference.com for details right now. on cranberry.fm it is the 5th of may 2016 and uh before we jump back into talking about web related stuff there's uh calamity worth mentioning happening in canada it's a terrible story a city completely consumed tens of thousands of people forced into uncertainty innocent refugees who suddenly lost everything the uh northern alberta city of fort mcmurray otherwise known as Fort Mac, is, um, well, I'm not even sure it's still standing. For the last two days, it's been beset by a out-of-control forest fire, wildfires that have uh, sprung up in the tinder-dry forests around the, around the city. The situation is worse. The fire is spreading rapidly. Again, at this hour, it's likely burnt the entire town of, uh, of, of Fort McMurray. If you check the area on Google Maps, you'll note that there are a few highways or exits for people heading north or south of the area. And, uh, well, it's, it's, it's a, an incredible situation. Canada now has a 90,000-person situ- refugee, refugee situation. These are, uh, you know, the tens of thousands of people who are on the move, several of whom are out-of-province workers who work in the oil fields. Many, many got no homes to return to. They'll have no jobs or community to sustain them. And the scale of the damage, while still unknown, is going to be extraordinary. The long-term effects are profound. And the Canadian Red Cross is asking for you know, people around the world to, uh, to help out. If you're in Canada, you can text Red Cross to 30333. You'll make a $5 general donation. Um... The Red Cross, and you know, wants to, wants to get immediate assistance to uh, to the displaced. Canadian Armed Forces are going to be sending several thousand people into the region uh, over the next couple of days. But in the meantime, you know, to the uh, people in uh, northern Alberta, stay strong, friends. And to the people listening, if any way you can help, there's, uh, again, about uh, 90,000 people in northern Canada who are suddenly homeless. An incredible, incredible situation, eh, Dave? It is. It is indeed. Of course, I've been, I've been watching it. I've, you know, I, my sister was there like two days before the fire started. Um, so yeah, it's, it's pretty bad. And to put it into context, just a perfect storm of stuff, right? We got fifty mile an hour winds that are just feeding it 
across and, and yeah just devastating for uh, for the entire city now they're just down to the point where they're trying to protect critical infrastructure like they're just they can't even focus on saving all the homes and everything it's just trying to make sure that the infrastructure is there to maybe rebuild when uh, when this is over well this is uh this is a uh, uh, again it's a terrible story but when a calamity like this happens you have to look at it from a number of different angles first and foremost of course is the the, the, the human angle we're talking 90,000 human beings. But this is also one of the first major calamities that can be directly, directly tied to climate change. Uh, it's the beginning of May. There's supposed to be snow on the ground in northern Alberta still. But temperatures for the last month have been hovering in the... Uh, the mid to high 30s Celsius, which is over 100 degrees Fahrenheit. This is northern Canada in May. Anyway, it's something that uh, people have to keep watch of. Um, I understand that the forests on the west coast of North America are also tend to dry right now. So, anyway, something people got to keep watch of, and uh, any assistance that can be given to the people in the Fort McMurray area uh, would be most welcome by a truly grateful country. Okay. I'm going to segue us out because you, you gave me the segue, Jim, because we're talking about things that we need to keep watch of. So we're going to, I'm going to move us back into, yeah. uh, into tech hackers. You, you, you sent this story to me. Uh, I'll let you take it from here. Um, hackers are, are doing some damage here and people need to be aware <laughs> of what's happened. Um, tell me about it. It's over at the Guardian. Okay. This is an interesting story. Um, and it's a little bit confusing. I, I, a number. This was first reported in uh, Commando, and it sort of sat there for a day, nobody else touching it. So I thought it was a dead story, you know, a fake story. But then the Guardian and a number of other outlets picked it up, and um, it seems to have uh, validity to it. Um, Reuters also picked it up. Again, I, I want to warn readers, this this seemed like, or I want to warn listeners, this seemed like a weird story when I first read it, so take it like that. But a Wisconsin-based security firm, Hold Security, announced yesterday that it had persuaded an internet fraudster to give Hold Security a database of 272 million unique email addresses, along with with their passwords, that can you know the consumers use to log into uh, web to uh, website based emails like Gmail, Yahoo, Russia's Mail.ru service, and other online email services. So, again, the security company is Hold Security. They talked a fraudster into giving them this database of 272 million unique email addresses and passwords. That leads us to believe that there is uh, a database of 272 million unique email addresses out there being passed like a joint around amongst fraudsters. <laughs> That's kind of disconcerting. That's very disconcerting. Now, uh, even yeah. more disconcerting, Dave, is the fact that there's two types of people on the Internet. There's one zero type of people on the internet for those who speak binary. 
one of those one of those types of person is the kind who uh, uses the same password for everything. The other is like that, you know, that the, the the person you see on the bus who has that big key ring full of a million keys because they have a different key for every door in their house. Yeah, that's the way you ought to be on the internet. But most people are like the first example: somebody who uses the same key for everything. So if they got your email passwords and you're that person who uses the same key for everything, not a huge stretch for the fraudsters to figure out they've got your banking passwords. Right. That's a uh, rather frightening thing. Well, I'm not, uh, not so frightening for you and me who have those big, 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 big key rings, but... The damage that can be done out there online, and we, we've said this a million times, when it comes to cybersecurity, you are the weakest link. Every one of us as individuals has potential to be that weak link. So don't be it. Good point. Good point. And there's tons of apps that can help you along your way, right? And then plugins if you want um, that'll allow you to not have to remember them all. You know, I like a spreadsheet myself that's password protected, but, um, you know, there's there's ways it can be done fairly easily um, and without a lot of intrusion into your into your life. So just do it. Well, I mean, this is the problem. How many cleanups of WordPress sites do you get where, you know, somebody's hacked in and one of your old clients or a contact of yours is like, Dave, Dave, I can't believe it. I'm, I'm serving up like... Uh, Aber, Aber, Azerbaijani porn on my website. I, I, how did this happen? Well, you know how it happened. Yeah, <laughs> they didn't protect themselves. They didn't update their uh, their plugins, or they had big, massive holes in their admin level profile. Right. Yeah, still um, running WordPress version three point something or something like that too. That can also happen. Oh my! God. I, I, I just saw got that a couple weeks ago. Did you, okay, you know what? You just beat me. I was I was about to try to outbrag you with like WordPress clients, but no, I'm sorry, you just beat me. <laughs> <laughs> I had one which had like, um, and this mightn't sound like a lot, but 16, 16 critical updates seems like a lot to me. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, you beat the back in the three point something days, huh? <laughs> How did their website still function? Yeah, that's a good. It wasn't pretty. <laughs> And we lost all of our positioning. We don't know why. Okay, what else do we have out there? Um, Something I'd like to like to chat about. Now, I think we talked really, really briefly about one-handed keyboards um, that had come out. I believe we covered this last week, or maybe it was one of those things I wanted to talk about last week. I think it's Microsoft one of the I wanted to talk about, but we, we didn't get to that. One-handed keyboards, I would have way too much fun with that. <laughs> uh, Microsoft came out with one um, before, right before last week's show. It was on April 26th. Um, they announced their one-handed keyboard. They built the app. It's only for iPhones. Surprise. Um, now, earlier this week, however, uh, Google has come out with their version 5 keyboard. Um, it has one-handedness is, is one of the options. A few other fe- neat features in there. Um, but... One of the things that really, really locked in on me, because I've, I've looked at both. I don't have an iPhone, so I haven't had a chance to play with both, but I haven't had a chance to look at both in the interfaces. Microsoft wins. 
don't know if you've ever seen them, and I have tried typing one hand. I've basically given up. And on Google's new quote-unquote one-handed keyboard, I will continue to give up. There's a few little shortcuts and stuff that make it a little easier with one hand. But that's about it. Microsoft's um, has a nice little rounded curve that sort of brings the entire thing center point to either the bottom left or bottom right um, of your phone, making it a much more natural movement of the thumb across the keyboard as opposed to the squarer um, keyboard that, that we're used to seeing and that Google went with with their one-handed. So um, especially with the, the larger phones, the S6 uh, and whatnot, um, I think Microsoft, I'm sure Google will follow suit shortly, but I, I'm giving Microsoft the win here. I've seen both of them. Microsoft's is far superior for people who want to do one-handed typing. And, you know, and something mentioning one-handed typing, uh, the, 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 the way we relate to the keyboard on whatever whatever device we're using, be it a desktop, a, uh, a mobile phone, or one of those dinosaur-like tablet thingies, is how... You, you know, I'm I'm all thumbs on my phone. I think most people are because that's just the dominant digit when you're when you're playing with a with a phone. Yeah. That changes my relationship to typing. I my my search queries will be smaller. I don't like typing with my uh, with my thumbs. I don't like the interface on my phone. So. My, uh, my, 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 my way of looking for information is, is very different than when I'm on my desktop and I could do that beautiful, beautifully structured long tail search query and get exactly what I'm looking for. So as marketers, how do we think about this one-handed keyboard? Might that change query structure? Which, of course, the answer is yes. Um, and here, you know, I've, I've sort of pointed out some things I hate about Google, but this is one, and, and I know you do it, I do it, I'm sure all of our listeners do it, all of us with, uh, you know, big fat thumbs and tiny little keyboards, um, you know, trying to, trying to actually create a query. Man, I don't know how often I rely on Google auto, you know, autocorrect. <laughs> We're going to assume that you just have big fat thumbs and you meant this. They worded a lot nicer <laughs> on, on the searches. Um, but yeah, and I mean, I, I think this is exactly, and, and we were talking a little bit about um, Siri earlier in the show. I think this is exactly why we're going voice, is it is getting more and more difficult um, to do longer queries, especially if I want to do something like order pizza, right? I, I don't want to use my my thumbs on a, on a tiny little keyboard. Um, so I, I think, you know, there is that problem. It's being addressed nicely by Microsoft on one hand, but at the end of the day, the future is voice, um, I'm sure. And, and we'll just rely on our thumbs when we're entering a query that we really aren't interested in having other people see. Well, you know, I, I know that there's a number of old timers who really wish Microsoft had developed the one-handed keyboard back on the days of the desktop, but um, that was for a completely different application. <laughs> moving right along. <laughs> Actually, you know what? We're moving right into a break because we're approaching quarter to the top of the hour. Dave, you wrote an article in Search Engine Land performing a manual backlink audit step-by-step uh, -step guide. This is what I wanted to do in our second segment, but we ended up talking about uh, Fort Mac and something else. Um, I want to take a break. I want to take a break maybe a couple minutes early so we can have a bit more time because I think it was a good a holistic article and I want to cover it. So friends, we're going to be coming back on uh, Webcology here on cranberry.fm. We're going to be talking to the author of a article at Search Engine Land performing manual backlink audit step-by-step -step 
He happens to be Dave Davies, who happens to be the co-host of the show. So stick around, friends. Back link audits after these messages. Sit tight and don't move. Webcology will be back after this short break. Are you paying too much for your paid advertising or have you quit altogether because it seemed like a huge waste of money? Studies show that companies waste 25% of their PPC spend on average. The web marketing experts at WMETraining.com can show you how to make your AdWords account a lean, mean, converting machine. Whether you're just starting out or want to take your skills to the next level, we have a class for you. Contact the web marketing experts at WMETraining.com. Great websites today need expert web design and development and need to be e-commerce ready and mobile friendly. But building a marketable and profitable website can be an uphill climb. Ready to make your new website or replace your existing website? Think Orange as the new way to get in the black. Orange Hill Development works with Fortune 500 companies and offer the same top quality development service at a fraction of what other providers charge. Brands like Absolute, Carlsberg, and Nestle trust Orange Hill Development. Find out why you should trust your website with Orange Hill. Contact Orange Hill for a consultation today at orangehilldevelopment.com. Webmasterradio.fm is now Cranberry Radio. Online 24-7 at cranberry.fm. Webcology takes you to the deepest and darkest ends of the ecosystem on the internet. Here are the hosts, Jim Hedger and Dave Davies. On the 5th of May, 2016, I'm joined by Dave Davies from Beefstock Internet Marketing. This is, of course, Jim Hedger from Digital Always Marketing and Digital Always Media and... uh, an article in Search Engine Land that I really wanted to cover in our second segment when we had more time. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry, we're going to rush through this. But performing a manual backlink audit step by step. Now, we've covered, SEOs have talked about and thought about links like forever. First question, why did you think it necessary to write this, this article at this time? And then I want to get through the methods themselves. Um, you know, it, it seemed really, really timely um, to write it. Uh, it helped that I'm in the process of doing one. Um, and I realized that I'm a, I'm a manual kind of person, right? Like, I, I love my tools to collect my data, and then I want to do things manually, especially if we're dealing with something like penalties. Um, but even down, like, the, the article doesn't restrict to just dealing with penalties. It sort of covers the methodologies and, and the principles of collecting data if you're doing competitor research or if you're doing, like, any of the uses of, of backlink data. And one of the things we've talked about it on the show, like there's some awesome sources, be it a Majestic, you know, Search Console, Ahrefs, you know, tons and tons of data sources. Um, but they all offer different data, and then you're left looking at all these different tools and trying to compare apples to oranges and go, okay, well, this one says it's bad, this one says it's good. How am I judging? Did I add it to my disavow over here? Well, now how do I clear that out over on this set of data because I don't want to, you know, be reviewing the same link four times if I'm using four different tools. Um, so that, those were sort of the questions I was, I was trying to address. And so, okay, so you talked about using uh, Google Search Console, yep. uh, formerly Webmaster Tools, uh, Majestic, Ahrefs, and Moz. 
taking all the data you get from all of them, all the, all the backlink data, throwing them into uh, comma-separated values, CSV, and then throwing all of that into a big Excel folder or a big Excel chart. When you do that, how, what vague, I mean, this is a vague question, I know it's impossible to answer, but what percentage of the actual backlink count do you think you're really getting? You're getting, I mean, each one, and, and you remember these reports, I think we covered them uh, a couple months ago, right? Um, where, where they were coming out going, here's the different tools and here's how accurate they are. Uh, Majestic came in really, I think they were number one, uh, but AHRS was close behind Moz, I found to be not as But robust. if I remember correctly, Majestic came in the mid 60% range. Yeah. So that uh, means that there's 35% or more that it didn't cover. That you're not getting and one of the processes basically what i'm doing um, is i pull each one um, each set of data out and i basically I, I start by just putting them into a notepad document right because that's a nice light way to hold a massive amount of data so i just take the linking page that's all i need to know dump it in from each source i'm grabbing just linking page then as you're putting them to the excel document and this is where your question gets answered you can start to watch because you can put in majestics first and then dump in ahrefs and go clear duplicates okay how many uh. duplicates i know how much i pulled in from ahrefs you know whatever i pulled in a hundred thousand you know rows of data or you know a hundred thousand links how many of those are now duplicates how many just got cleared out here um so you get that sort of sort of metric and it really really varies but by the end of the day, you're going to be moving from 60 up to probably 80, 90 percent accuracy among all these things. Notwithstanding, you know, if you've got a really, really like if you're a media site or something, notwithstanding links that might have been built in the last two to four weeks or something, right? Like all of them lag behind a little bit there. But outside of those, you're going to be getting a, a really, really good segment of, of all of your backlinks. Okay, so you've got um, 85, 90% of the backlinks coming into the site. You, you, you know, you're pretty sure that you've got the vast majority of them. As you said earlier, one tool is going to say bad, while the other tool is going to say good. You've got them all in this big Excel Excel spreadsheet. How are you making your determinations? Right. What I do after that, once you've got all of them in a list. So right now, all I've got is a big list of all four sources. Um, and I've, I've pulled out basically all of the duplicates. So basically, I've got one row, column A, or not one row, one column. I've got column A, and it's just all the links from all of them into, into one place. Now you copy that back over into a notepad document and there's a great tool out there called URL profile. Um, it's a, it's a pay for tool, but it's, it's quite reasonable. Anyway, you just import all of your links into that and you're going to need to have accounts of different types. You know, if you, depending on the data you want, you're going to have to have a Moz account, an Ahrefs account, a Majestic account, that sort of thing. Um, which you can get, as I note in the article, hey, you can get a free trial for these things. This is a one-off that you're, that you're dealing with here. It connects via API to pull all the metrics. So if then you send it out, it then does a crawl, and you're going to need a lot of RAM if you're dealing with a lot of links here. I know I'm dealing with one with like over uh, 300,000 links right now. Um, but you send it out crawling. Now, what it does is it's pulling all of the same data, all the Majestic data, all the Moz data, all the Ahrefs data, whatever else you're saying. One of the big key ones is HTTP status of the page itself. It'll pull weird things like social shares of that page or of the domain, whatever you're dealing with. It'll then run that crawl. And now it's providing you with a spreadsheet at the end of all those links. It's telling you which ones are no follow, which ones aren't there. So HTTP status is gone, which ones no longer have links. So the page is there, but they don't have a link because it's crawling each of the pages. But most importantly to me is it's now giving me combined data. I have all of the links 
and I have all of the sources of data all in one place. So I have all the majestic Moz, age, reps, whatever, page rank until recently, um, all of that in one place. So now I can start comparing each link apples to apples. You know, you just said something that actually I, I find somewhat disconcerting in that this other tool that you're using is able to find dead dead pages, 404s, I'm assuming, that yeah. the others were unable to find. Well, They're unable to them, spot that this page isn't there anymore. Some of them will. Now, I jump the gun on a lot of stuff, and I go, you know what, just export everything on the planet. It's because I'm using this tool. Things like Majestic, you can go hide deleted, right, like hide removed. So on its last crawl, it, it might have seen them. Some of them might have been removed yesterday. Right, especially if you're dealing with a, a backlink sort of penalty audit, a lot of these sites are going down. But the sites, you know, where they're they're like, okay, we're getting a lot of link removal requests. Let's just not deal with this anymore. Um, and this will give you real time what what is there. Now, one of the other things, if you're dealing with a penalty audit, and I didn't get into this in the article itself, but it's it's inherent in the software. People are doing it um, because I didn't want to get too specific to penalties. Is it'll actually scrape the site to find the email addresses, contact pages, and it'll actually crawl the who is. You know, what are the email addresses there? So if you're about to send out link uh, or link removal requests, it'll also now feed you all the data you need on who you should send those to. My God, but what is the name of this tool again? It's called URL Profiler. URL Profiler. How come there, geez, how come there hasn't been, how new is this tool? tool? Um, I've been using it now for a good couple years. Um, I have a multi-license because it does hog up RAM, so I have to store it on a couple different machines to run at different times. Um, but it's a it's a really, really neat tool. I mean, it combines. I, I use a couple scripts myself that I've had built just to, to strip out and, and make things a little easier. Um, but it's it's a really, really, really handy tool. This is one of those tools that you'd expect articles to have been written on, uh, uh, minstrels to have sung the praises of from the nearest surfer farm. Oh, definitely. I mean, especially, I mean, we're talking about link penalties here. If you're doing competitor research, you can actually connect to some different APIs that'll tell you what's the readability of it. It'll do copy skate to tell you, um, you know, are there duplicates of this article, right? So if I've written an article and I'm, you know, scraping, you know, or, or trying to find the, the backlinks, are there scrapers using it? Um, that sort of stuff. It's, it's pretty neat. Okay, now we're heading to, uh, I mean, we're, we're, we're already out of, we're into second quarter. 2016. Mm -hmm. They've said, <laughs> they, the <laughs> they, whomever they may be, have said that the next Penguin update will be the last Penguin update because it's just going to be running Everflux. Um, there is rumor out there that Penguin 4.0 is being tested in the live as we speak. It may or may not be, folks. This is Penguin <laughs> after all. But Dave, do you think that there's, and I'm, I'm leading up to a real question here, do you think that there's an extra urgency? to nail down uh, link profiles now, and is this urgency warranted or is it a little bit of panic? Uh, well, there's always panic. The, if they're right and they're, like if the rumors are right and they're testing live right now, there's a good chance it's, it's too late to not get hit by this one. That's the bad news. The good news, of course, is it's going into rolling. So yeah. that means you can repair things a lot more on the fly now. Now, of course, we've seen these penalties that'll just sort of like last where, you know, you've had to wait for Penguin and even the first one doesn't fully recover you. You're now waiting for the second one. I've got a client in that boat. We got him through the first one. Penalty was lifted, but he's still not doing as well as he should mm -hmm. um, as, as we wait for the next one because he was dealing with a link penalty. But as it moves more to Everflux, I think we're going to see a, a lightning of that load where at least we're not going to be waiting years. So it'll be ASAP, right? If you get hit, just fix it 
ASAP. Um, and this is a great tool for, for monitoring as well. I mean, you can pull out a Majestic and Ahrefs, you know, your new links. Okay, so set it up every month. Just just give a proof. There's a client I do that for, you know, because they, they can get hit. They, they, they do have bad links um, growing on, on negative attacks. So just run it on your on the other ones once a month and, and then it'll never amass to enough to cause that penalty. You'll be disavowing on the fly. Now, nowhere in your article, like you do, uh, you do state in, in this article that you're working with, uh, I think you mentioned 10,883 rows of links, mm-hmm. which could incidentally never be inspected by the blind eye or by the, by the, by the human eye. It's just not possible. You cut it down to uh, five thousand three hundred ninety-three. After you know, going through the steps, you, you sorted HTTP, HTTP status, sorted link status, and you sorted by uh, rel no follow. And actually, it's an interesting question. We only got a couple seconds left. Are people using the no follow tag properly? Are you finding more proper uses of it? Um, it's really tough. This is like when I'm performing a, a manual, like or a penalty audit. I just Google's come out, so they don't matter. So I just sort of I, I rule those ones out. I'll give a quick glance to see if there's something negative in there, but other than that, I'm just sort of moving them out. Um, but I think people are still misusing them to you know sort of quote unquote. Um, but it's it's just because of the nature of the internet. As soon as you find a scenario where people aren't misusing them, you're going to find abuse. So I don't blame webmasters for going. We're just setting up our systems to just do this and. You know, we'll take the we'll take the hits and and we'll misuse them because the risk of, of using them any other way is to actually penalize or, or set ourselves up for abuse. Indeed. Okay, we're um, I want so much more I'd like to talk about. So little time to do it because we're out of time here on uh, Webcology on Cranberry.fm. Next week, though, we have an exciting show. May the Schwartz be with us, <laughs> and he will be. Barry Schwartz is coming to Webcology next thursday so listen live grab the podcast or wherever you want to do it hear the words of wisdom from mr barry schwartz because uh this guy has done more in search than most of us put together okay we gotta cut it we're out of time here so friends on behalf of dave davies from beanstalk internet marketing this is jim hedger from digital always media you've been listening to webcology on cranberry.fm stick around the network more great content coming up after the news The opinions expressed on this Cranberry Radio program are those guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of Cranberry Media. Any redistribution of this content without proper consent is prohibited. 